Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern style worship and an on-time message from God's Word. This week, we continue our year-long study into revival by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. We are focusing on kingdom living in a fallen world. So a world is fallen, so a world is full of sin, it's got all kinds of problems, amen? In 2020, we ought to realize that from every side and every angle, is there's all kinds of issues of sin and problems in this kingdom of the world. But God didn't give up on the kingdom of the world, but rather he chooses to invade the kingdom of the world with the kingdom of heaven, primarily that being the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who came to be the redeemer of the world, who came forth to transform this world and to bring it back and to win it back. We've learned a number of things as we've gone through the book of John based on the kingdom of heaven invading this world. We've seen where Jesus tells us how to enter the kingdom of heaven by being born again. He tells us then that the kingdom of heaven is for everybody. We saw that last week. If he could reach out to the woman, Samaritan woman at the well, and that she was invited to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, then everybody could be invited. So every person, if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm here to tell you, you've been invited. And Jesus paid the price for you to be saved. And so he wants you to be a part of that kingdom of heaven, that eternal kingdom. I hope and pray that you know him. I hope and pray that you know that you have a certainty in your heart and your life that if you died today, that you would go to heaven. Well, I want to begin to focus on what else is there regarding the kingdom of heaven invading this world what was it that Jesus says he came to do and therefore what is it that he teaches us that we are supposed to do the question of that is is there a work for us or a purpose for us in this life after we become a part of the kingdom of heaven if there were not a purpose here in this world then whenever we got saved we ought to just be carried on to heaven amen because things are better in heaven than they are here There's not one thing here that's not going to be better in heaven, okay? But you are going to have a chance to enjoy that in heaven one day, but he doesn't take you there yet, so why? Because there's something for us to do. There's a work for us to fulfill. There's a purpose for us to be a part of in God's kingdom, and and I want you to see that today. So we're going to be focusing in, once again, in the book of John, but you're going to have to get your Bibles ready. You have your Bibles ready? Open your Bibles up to John chapter 5. I think it's John chapter 5 is where we're going to be starting. Yes, John chapter 5. And you're going to need to leave your Bibles open because we're going to be looking at a number of scriptures. Now, why would we do that today? Well, John writes his gospel different than other gospel writers. For instance, Matthew, he wrote his book as a didactic book. That means a teaching book. When Matthew put his things together, he all organized all those things to fulfill a purpose and for it to be easy to learn. That's why you find that the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and all that stuff happens in chapters 5 through 7. He puts all that stuff together so that it can all be understood at that point in time. And he did that as a teaching method. But John, he's not focusing on teaching. He's just telling the living story of the Lord Jesus. He's just revealing what Jesus said to him and taught them as they journeyed along the way. So, in order to put together what the thoughts are about a given subject, you have to be able to pick from one part of John and go back to another part of John to be able to put that together in a didactic form. So, I'm going to try to do that for us today. I'm not promising we'll get that done. 
But I'm hoping we can do that by putting these different pieces together in a didactic manner to teach us some important things Jesus wanted us to learn about the purpose of Jesus, okay? So I want us to begin here in John chapter 5, verse 17. It's an interesting verse that Jesus says and words he says. Look what it says. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. Look at that again. My father is working until now, and I myself am working. It tells us a number of things. First of all, it tells us something about God the Father. Jesus says, my father is working until now. Now, that, that helps us to understand something about the God of the Bible. And it's a very important thing that you need to learn about the God of the Bible right here, and that is that the God of the Bible is still at work. He was still at work. That's totally different than some people view God. Some people view God, which is called deism. You know what deism? Deism is the idea that the work of God was to create the world. And so he goes about and he creates the world and he puts all the world together and he spins the world on its axis, sets it in motion, and then he backs up away from it to see what is going to happen. He's not going to be personally involved in that. He's not going to do miracles. He's not going to change people's lives. He's, He's going to back up from that and watch and see what happens to this world that he created. So the work of God to a deist is that he created the world but that's all he's doing. From that point on, he's just watching. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is what Jesus just said. He says, my father is working until now. In other words, my father is not the creator who spins the world and backs up and looks at it. But my father, God, is involved in this world. That's why in the Old Testament you find that miracles happen. That's why you find that there's a word from God. That's why you find there's a plan of God. And that plan of God is the redemption that God sets forth that is revealed in the life of Jesus. And Jesus says this, my father is at work. My father is at work. And what is his work? His work is to set forth the plan of redemption. To set forth the plan of bringing back and winning back that which has been lost. Wow. Now, I want to tell you something. It would have been easier for God to just have started over. Did you know that? I mean, whenever we messed up, the best plan would have been to start over. How many of you have ever taken on a remodeling project? Have you ever taken on remodeling projects at your house or somebody else's house? You ever taken on remodeling projects? Let me tell you about remodeling projects. Remodeling projects are far more difficult than new construction. It's easier to build something brand new than it is to remodel something. Because when you remodel something, here are two basic rules. It's going to cost you twice as much as what you thought, and it's going to take you twice as long as what you thought. That's the way remodeling basically happens. Remodeling is difficult. It's far easier to do new construction. God would have found it far easier just to wipe us out and start it over. But thank God he didn't, amen? Thank God instead of him just saying, I want to start a new construction, he is in the remodeling and the redeeming business of this world, and God 
is at work. That's what Jesus did. My Father is working until now. now. There's a very important word in there that I want you to notice is important to God. It's a little four-letter word, and it's the word work. Did y'all see that? Circle that word. Circle that word. It's gonna, I'm giving you a little hint. Your purpose in life is going to have a whole lot to do with that little four-letter word. Okay? Work. And why? Because the Father is working until now. But then Jesus tells something else. He, he tells us whereby and what is the agent whereby Jesus, our God, is doing that work. God the Father is doing that work through the agent of Jesus himself. What did the rest of that verse say? He said, my Father is working even unto now. And what? And I myself am working. All right, once again, if God's working and Jesus is the agent whereby God is working, that means Jesus is working, then the chances are you're probably not going to like it, but part of our purpose in life is to work, to work in the kingdom of God. And the agent of this work that's happening right now, Jesus says in the book of John, is I am the work. I'm joining my Father to do the work of redemption. And isn't that true? The whole work of redemption is done through the person of Jesus Christ. My Father is working in the now for that plan of redemption. And I myself, I am working to fulfill God's purpose. Now, what is his purpose? What, what is that work that he's going to do? Turn over to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, beginning in verse 38 and through 40, he tells you what his purpose is and what his work is. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Who sent him? God the Father, right? He said the Father's working, and I'm working in, in conjunction with the Father. I'm fulfilling the Father's purpose. So the Father has sent me. Look at verse 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. What did he say is his work? His work is the work of redemption. His work is the work that the one who would believe in him, that they might be saved. His work is on the last day for all of those who believed and all those who have followed him, that he is going to raise them up. His whole plan and his whole purpose is the redemption of mankind that a lost man might be saved, that sins might be forgiven, and that eternal life might be given to that one who does not deserve it, but who has the sentence upon their life that they would die. He says, that's my purpose, that's my work, and that's what the Father has sent me to do, and that is what I am doing. I am working the work of the Father. I'm fulfilling the work of the Father. Well, let's ask the question then. If Jesus is doing the work of the Father, then what does that, what is that work? How, how is that work done? I want to give you some characteristics about 
how that work is done. In chapter 5, verse 19, chapter 5, back to chapter 5, verse 19, he tells us how the Son, him, how he does the work. Does, does he just go out here and have a plan and fulfill that plan? No, he, he tells us exactly how he does the work. Listen, verse 19. Jesus there of chapter 5. Jesus therefore answered and was saying this to them. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things also does the son does in like manner. What did Jesus just say? Jesus said, I, I'm, not, I'm not here fulfilling my plan. I'm not fulfilling my, I'm doing what the father tells me to do. He says, I don't do one thing. Now, here's the son of God, the eternal son of God who's saying this about his relationship with the father as he walks here on this earth. I don't do anything of my own initiative. I don't decide what I'm going to do. I don't make my plans. But what I do is I see what the father's doing. And whatever the Father's doing, I join Him in that work. As the Father reveals to me what His purpose is and what His plan is and what He would have me to do this day, I join Him in that work. I, I don't do one thing on my own initiative. I let the Father tell me what to do. We saw that last week with the story of the woman at the well, remember? He said he had to go to Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. Why? Because God the Father wanted him to encounter the woman at the well and for her life to be transformed and a whole city's lives to be transformed as they met the Redeemer. And how did he do that? And why did he do that? Because the Father told him to. The Father said, you're to do this. What I see the Father doing, he says, I do it. I don't do anything at my own initiative. The Son of God says he doesn't do his own initiative. But that's not all. Look at verse 30 of chapter 5. That's what he says. I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He says, not only do I not do anything unless the Father does it, I don't initiate anything unless the Father's doing it, but he says, I don't say anything unless I hear it from the Father. There's this relationship that Jesus has with God the Father. Totally dependent on him to tell him what to do. Totally dependent on him to tell him what to say. He is absolutely dependent upon God the Father. Which is what God intended man's relationship to be like all the time. That we would constantly be in relationship, finding out what the Father's doing, finding out what the Father's saying, and doing and saying whatever he would have us to do and say. But we missed that. We lost that. We lost that in the fall to where we didn't have the opportunity to hear that anymore. We didn't have the opportunity to enjoy that relationship anymore. But Jesus comes, who's the perfect son of God, comes back to this sinful world, but he's the perfect son of God. So he can see what the father's doing and he can hear what the father's saying. And he does and he says whatever the Father would have him do. That's how you do the work of God. That's how he carries on the work of God. So he says, the work I'm doing, 
I check in every morning. The work I'm doing, I find out what the Father had me do, what he had me say. That's how you do the work of God. And he goes on and he talks about a special relationship that he has with the Father. Chapter 5, verse 20. That's what he says. For the Father loves the Son, and he shows him all things that he himself is doing. What did he say was a special relationship? The Father what? The Father loves the Son. And because he loves the Son, he's going to reveal to him everything that he's doing. He has such a close relationship, there's nothing he's going to withhold. Nothing that he needs that is not going to be given him. Why? Because the Father loves the Son of God. And he's going to reveal it totally and absolutely. He not only says that, he says because of this special relationship that things get better and better. Look at verse 20 again. Listen. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel jesus had done a number of miracles at that time we know that he had he had turned the water into wine we know he had healed a number of people but you know what jesus said jesus says the relationship that the son has with the father keeps growing better and better so that greater and greater and greater things are going to happen in that relationship it's just going to keep getting better and better and better amen isn't that what relationship is supposed to be doing Aren't they supposed to be getting better, not worse? Aren't they supposed to be more precious, not of less value? The father's relationship with the son is he loves the son. And because he loves the son, he's going to show him and through him do greater and greater works. That's a, that is a wonderful anticipation. I think too many of us in our lives, we, we top out somewhere, don't we? We kind of top out. We've done gr- good things, great things. And instead of things getting greater and greater... We've topped out, we're going to coast to the bottom. We're going to let it just run its course. We're going to finish out life. Hopefully keep our head above water. That is not the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. He said the relationship I have with the Father, he loves me and he's going to show me greater and do greater and greater things in my life. That is a special relationship that Jesus had with his Father. There's something else, though, I want you to see about this relationship of work and what he's doing. There is a definite time for this work, the work he's doing, to be done. Turn to the Gospel of John chapter 9, verse number 4. This is where he was healing the man who was blind. And whenever he was about to heal that man who was blind, he said this to his disciples. We must work the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. Hear what he said? Listen, we've got to be busy while it is day. We've got to be busy while it is the opportunity to work. Now is the time to work. Now is the time to accomplish God's purposes because night is coming. And when the night comes... The work will no longer be done. When the night comes, the opportunity will be over. So there's a definite period of time for this work to be done. And Jesus is about it. He says, I'm working the work of the Father. I'm carrying out my purpose. I'm finding my orders from 
heaven. I'm saying what I need to do. He keeps getting better and better and doing more and more things. And I'm going to keep on keeping on as long as it is day. For there will be a time when the night will come. And when the night comes, all the work will be over. You have a definite time. Well, that's not all he said. He also says that the ultimate goal, what is the ultimate goal that we have in our life and in this work? You find it in John chapter 17. John chapter 17. The high priestly prayer, it's when Jesus is talking to God the Father right before he goes to heaven. And he makes this statement in verse 4 of chapter 17 in that prayer. That's what it says. Talking to God. I glorified thee on earth, having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to do. What's the ultimate purpose of life? To glorify God. That's it. If you want to know what your purpose is, your purpose is to glorify God. You're to please God and glorify him in your life. And how do you glorify God? What did Jesus say? I have glorified thee on earth, having accomplished, having done that which thou hast sent me to do. That which you have called on me to do. And here's Jesus coming to the very end of his earthly ministry, right before he goes to the cross, right before the resurrection and before his ascension. And he's saying to the Father, Father, I've done everything and I've accomplished everything you want me to do. And that's all for your glory. That is all for your glory. Wow. Now, Jesus is the example of what we're all supposed to be like, right? I mean, if, if he is the kingdom of heaven invading this lost world, then we're supposed to be the kingdom of heaven invading this lost world. And Jesus came here to reveal to us what he was to do and therefore what we're to do. He said, my father's at work till now and I'm joining him in his work. His work was the work of redemption, the work of redemption and, and winning people back to God. And he says, but in the midst of that, I have this special relationship with the Father. He loves me and lets me know all things, all things that he's doing. And, and therefore, I can see into heaven and I can see all the things he's doing. And, and I know that he is the one telling me to do it, so I do it. And telling me what to say, so I say it. And I'm going to do it for the period of time that God's given to me because I only have a certain number of years or certain moments that I'm going to do this. But I'm going to fulfill his purpose, and then I'll have glorified my father because I accomplished his purpose. Now, let me tell you what that, that does for us, okay? That does for us. That helps us to understand our purpose. Because here, write this down now. If, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the thing that you need to tie this into. It's one thing about what Jesus is doing. But Jesus is the example of what we're to be. The relationship that Jesus had with the Father is the relationship that we're supposed to have with him, the Son. You get that? The relationship that, that he had with his Father, we're supposed to have that kind of relationship with the Son. We're supposed to be joining the Son in his work. Jesus is working until now. Amen? 
He is still at work. He's still redeeming. He's still transforming. He's still changing people's lives. Jesus is at work. And we are to join him in his work like Jesus joined his father in his work. Let, let me show you where he says that. Turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, beginning in verse 27, uh, 26, I'll start there. This is what he says to, to his disciples and those listening. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. In other words, this is after he fed the 5,000. Well, listen to what he says in verse 27. You ought to underline it. Do not work for the food which perishes. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. What do you say? You need to work, but the primary work you're doing is not the work of food that perishes. All food perishes, okay? All earthly food you're going to take up, it will perish. So he's saying... You need to do and to seek for the food which does not perish, but rather it's the food that endures to eternal life. That's what you need to spend. The work you need to do is the work about eternal life. Or he's basically saying, you need to do the work of God. You need to do the work of eternity, not, not just out here trying to make a living. In order to understand what Jesus said there, hold your hand here just a second, turn over to chapter 4 where we were last week. In chapter 4... He says this in verse 32. His disciples came and they brought food for him to eat. He'd been talking to that woman at the well, and that woman at the well had gotten saved, you know, and responded to him. And he says in verse 32, he says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples therefore say to him, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will who had him who has sent me and to accomplish his what? To accomplish his work. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm not hungry for that earthly food. What I've been doing is spiritual food. What I have is I've accomplished the purpose and the work of God. And that's eternal food. And that's what he says back here in John chapter 6. He says, listen, don't do all, spend all your life just making for perishable food and for what you're going to eat and it's going to pass through. You don't, don't do that. But rather for eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give to you for on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. Now listen to what they ask in verse 28 of chapter 6. They said, therefore, to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? That's a great question. He said, don't work for perishable stuff, work for eternal stuff. And they said, how do you do that? How, how do you do that? How, how do we do the works of God? How do we do that? He answers them. Aren't you glad he answered them? Look at verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. You know what the work of God is? The work of God is faith. The work of God is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. To believe, that means to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It means to give all that you are to Jesus and all that he is to you and to have this living relationship, breathing relationship with Jesus. That's what it means. He says that's the work of God. You want to do anything, make sure you have that breathing, living relationship with me, the Son of God. That's the most important thing. That's the work 
of God. If you're going to ever accomplish kingdom work in this world, it's going to start because you have that relationship with the Son of God. You're not going to do kingdom work out there apart from the Son of God, apart from being redeemed by the Son of God. That work has to be done in a saving relationship with Jesus. And, And then he says, as you will believe in me, then you will be able to accomplish the work of God, just like Jesus accomplished the work of his Father. You'll be able to do that. Now, Jesus knew that we couldn't do that on our own. So you know what Jesus promised to us? He promised to us that he would send us a helper. You think you need a helper to walk and do the work of God? Let me help you. Yes, you do. (laughs) You think you need a helper to do the work of God? Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. And Jesus knew that. Look what he says in John chapter 14. I told you, you're going to have to scoot around a little bit. John chapter 14, what does Jesus say to to his disciples? Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. No question about who this is. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Verse 26, the same chapter. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Flip a page over in my Bible in chapter 16, beginning in verse number 6, he says, Because I said these things to you that I'm about to leave, sorrow has filled your heart. But listen to verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's that? The Spirit of God. The helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Then look down in verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative. Hear that? Not on his own initiative, but he, whatever he hears, he will speak and will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that you, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. In those verses, he says this. I'm not dependent on you to do the work in your flesh and in your strength. Because you believe in me, I'm going to send you a helper. That's the Holy Spirit of God who's going to indwell your heart, going to fill your life. He's going to teach you all things you're going to need, empower you to glorify me. He's going to be all that you need. So the way that the work of the kingdom of God is done in this world today, the way the kingdom of heaven invades this fallen world today is in the lives of children of God who are believers who are spirit-filled. Spirit-filled children of God are called to do the work of Jesus. Just as he says, my father is working until now and I myself am working, Jesus is working until now and he invites us, beckons us, commands us to join him in his work. We are to join him in his work by believing he's the son of God, by asking the spirit of God to empower me and to fill me and then to walk and to carry out 
the work of God. And you know what's neat about that? It is parallel, it is exactly parallel to what Jesus' relationship was with the Father. What did Jesus say about his relationship with the Father? He said this, I can't do anything on my own initiative. I I can't speak. Whatever I do, I see the Father doing. And whatever I speak, I hear the Father speaking. You know what Jesus said about our relationship with him? He said exactly the same thing. Turn to the Gospel of John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15. Here's what he says in verse 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and what? And you are the branches. Listen now. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. Underline these words. For apart from me, you can do what? Zero? Not zero. Zero something. You can do nothing. You can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what is he saying? He said, you're to abide in me and I in you. And as you abide in me, my life is going to flow through you and my word is going to flow through you. He says, my word will be weak. Look what he says there in verse, uh, verse number seven, I think it is. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. If you are abiding in me, that means that you get your instructions from the, from the vine, amen? You get your energy and strength from the vine. You get your word from the vine. You're not the vine. You are the branches. You do not produce the fruit. You bear the fruit. It's what he does inside of you. So just as Jesus said, I do nothing on my own initiative, but whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. Whatever he tells me to speak, I speak. That's what you're to do in the Spirit of God. You're to say, I don't do anything on my own. It's what Jesus tells me to do. And as I abide with him, what he gives me instruction to do and what his word is, that's what I'm doing. And as I do that, as I do that, I will walk in the power of God, fulfilling the purpose of God, doing the work of God in this world. That's the same relationship. And you remember the other thing we said about Jesus' relationship with the Father? He said he had a special relationship with him. You remember that? A special relationship. We have a special relationship with Jesus. Look there in John chapter 15. Look what he says in verse 14 and 15. He says this to his disciples. You are my friends. You are my friends, not not slaves. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. Listen. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have what? Made known to you. What did Jesus, Jesus said, the father loves the son. And reveals all things to the Son. What did he just say about us? I've called you my friend. I love you. I have a relationship with you. And all things that I have, I have made known to you. Jesus said he's not withholding anything. I've made known to you. Why? Because you are my friend. You are not my slave. You're not my servant. You are my friend. I love you. And I'm telling you everything. I'm telling you everything. 
that the Father's revealed to me. Wow. That ought to make you feel special, friend. How many important people in the world keep you in their confidence? How many important people in the world will tell you all things they know? How many important people in the world that you'd like to be able to cozy up to and find out what the secrets are there? Almighty God said, everything I know I reveal to you. It's all available to you because of a special relationship. Remember that also in that special relationship that he had with the Father? He said, because of that special relationship, he said, greater works than the things I've done, I'm going to be doing. Greater works than these. Listen to what it says in John 14. John 14, verse, beginning verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, otherwise believe on account of the works themselves. Wow. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do shall he do also. Underline this. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What did he say? Greater works than these will who? Will you do? Will you do? In that special relationship, it doesn't top out. It doesn't top out. We coast to the bottom. But greater works than these, greater works than these, that they might be done. That they might be done. Well, I'm here to tell you, when Jesus said, one thing he said was this, you have to work while it's daytime, amen? Because night's coming. Same is true. Back to that same verse, John chapter 9, verse 4. Listen, we, talking about us, not only Jesus, but us, we must work the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. You and I have the same limitations that Jesus had. <laughs> there's a period of time for Jesus to do his work, and there's a period of time for you to do your work. And you better not waste time. Because night is coming. You only have opportunity to work while it is day. And so you have been called to do the work of God. You are the agent of God in this time period, in this period, to carry on and to finish the work of Jesus. Not the work of redemption, but the work of telling a lost world that he saves. Of telling people that Jesus makes a difference. That they don't have to die in their sin. They can be saved from their sin. All of those things we're called to do. But we must do it in our time. We must do it in that period while it is daytime for nighttime is coming. Are you taking advantage of your daytime? Are you taking advantage of, of your life right now that you have right now to make the difference? Are you investing in that? Are you going to let that time slip by? Are you going to let that time slip by? I hope and pray that you're not. But the ultimate accomplishment, the ultimate goal, remember when Jesus said, I have glorified thee on earth, having accomplished that which thou hast given me to do. Well, look what it says in John 15, John 15, 8. This is what he says to his disciples. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. How, how, 
do you prove that you're a disciple of Jesus? How do you prove that? By accomplishing the work that he has given you to do. Now, don't pass that over to somebody else. Don't shovel it over. Most most sermons are people bring shovels. You know what I mean? I I preach it right here and they shovel it over there and shovel it over there. They're worn out at the end of the the message because they've shoveled so much. Because it couldn't possibly be for them. My friend, this is for you. This is for you. One day you're going to give an account standing before God. God's going to ask you, what'd you do during the daytime? What'd you do during the working hours? What'd you do with those opportunities? What did you do? And all of it's to be done for the glory of the Father. For the glory of God. What we are to do. Jesus teaches that one day, he'll bring all of his disciples together. He'll bring all of us together. All of us have been called to do the same thing, to do the work of God in our day. And he's going to say to some, well done, good and faithful servant. For you have been faithful with a few things. I'll give you charge of much more. What are you, what are you going to do? How are you going to be? How, when you stand before Almighty God, are you going to be able to stand there and say, God, while it was daytime... I was doing my work. <laughs> I was checking in and find out what you wanted me to do today. And I sought to do it. I was find out what I ought to say today. And I was seeking to do it. And I know you revealed all things to me because you love me. And I know that greater things can happen in, in the end of my life than the beginning of my life. It just gets greater and greater. And I realized I only have a period of time, so I was diligent to work in that period of time. And dear God, find that I have been faithful, for I have glorified thee on this earth. See, the way the kingdom of heaven penetrates and invades a fallen world is you and me. It's us. Who's going to invade this world with the truth of the gospel and the hope of eternal life if it's not you and me? I'm thankful Jesus was faithful to accomplish and to bring to, to finish the work of the Father. Amen? I'm so glad he was faithful. I'm glad he didn't check out. I'm glad he was faithful to do that. But, but I'd also like to think that we're going to be just as faithful to finish that task he's given us to do. Not for that person behind you. For you. To do the work of God. You walk out and say, brother, my kind of world. How can I do the work of God? The Holy Spirit of God was sent to you. <laughs> the helper was sent to you. He's everything you need and more. All you have to do is abide in Jesus and let the Holy Spirit abide in you and believe his word and great works can happen and the Father be glorified in and through your life. But you've got to be willing to do the work which is to believe in him whom he has sent for that kind of relationship, having that kind of relationship with the eternal Son of God. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.